Today, we're talking about being frugal during the holiday season. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Trevor. And today, given the time of the year, we are talking about the holiday season and more specifically, because we're a personal finance podcast, being frugal. Yeah, I think this is something that everyone should be working toward if you're not there already. In fact, if you're never there, you're, you should always be moving in this direction. I mean, some people may have this, this scorched earth Christmas, holiday season and maybe they're already there, but most people, I would think there's always room for improvement in your holiday celebrations to to introduce some frugality. And in in doing that, it's it's gonna. I think it's just gonna make a richer experience. So I I, I want to dive into kind of everything you just said there. But before I before we even dive into kind of the aspect of how we can always we're always kind of moving in the direction of becoming more and more frugal. I just want to talk about the phenomenon of the holiday season in general because I feel in all of our minds and our listeners can, are probably nodding their heads right now in agreement, but the holiday season is this this stressful time because and whether we realize it or not, just that, that stress around um, gift giving, uh, spending, I mean, it's, it's at an all-time high for the month of December. Well, and that's just it. If you could, there's statistics that it's an alarming number. People spend... Um, over 50% of their disposable income in the month of December. Most, a, a lot of people do. So, I mean, if if you spent or, or used your money in the same way you do in December as, the, as you did the rest of your year, we, as an, a whole economy, we'd be in financial ruins. So I, I think, to your point, the stress about the holiday season, it, it is all about the money. Not all, but most of it, most of it driving the stress around the holiday season is the money. And where do you think all of that, that, that stems from that, that, that the stress that we feel, like, why, why do we feel, why do we feel compelled to, to, to really take on that stress? Well, it's absolutely the commercialization. It's the marketing. If you're not spending money leading up to the holiday season, then you, you are, not being a good consumer, you know, you, you, you're falling short, you're missing something. In fact, all the people around you are in this frenzy. And if you're not part of it, it's, it's like you're delinquent. That's a fabulous point. I'm glad you brought that specific point up. And I, we're going to dive again into that later. I just want to, I'm just, I'm just stuck on the, the way that society as a norm has, has been, I mean, I don't going to throw out the word brainwashed into believing that there is one specific way to carry out the holiday season. And I think that at the core is kind of what we're talking about today, right? Trevor, kind of how, how we can shift that, that, that thought process and the, and shift our version of, of what we feel is, is the norm. And we've come up with 10 things that, that I would think that will move you toward a frugal holiday season. And this list is designed to not deprive yourself of something you truly enjoy but it's designed to add things to your your celebration to crowd out the things that are costing you money. That that's the whole that that's how I hope to get people to the, this frugal holiday season is by introducing things that your whole family will embrace and enjoy, and it will crowd out the things that cost you money. And in doing that, you won't feel deprived. You won't feel like you're 
you're foregoing something or or taking something out that you enjoyed, you're going to you're going to just crowd those things out that cost money. So Trevor, we have thrown the word frugal around numerous times in past episodes. We have dedicated whole episodes to the idea and the topic of frugality. But for any listeners who are just kind of joining us for the first time, if frugality to, to, to him or her or anyone else listening may have a negative connotation, can you kind of let us in on what you define as frugality and, and how, you, how it can be shaped as a more positive thing? Well, I think the negative... Just say you thought you're being frugal, but it, it it just doesn't feel good. Chances are you're being cheap, and cheap is is denying yourself something and and being miserable because of it. So that isn't what being frugal is is embracing something in life that doesn't cost much money. That that's frugality. But if you are miserable in the effort to save money, then you are just being cheap. And that's what I want to, I don't want to push people into being cheap and, and feeling awful about it. Being frugal is, it's an embraced, low-cost activity. And before, right before we dive into this list of, of items that you've put together for this episode, we first, when you first started this episode, you said that you, we, we all move on a, a journey towards becoming more and more frugal and that it's this, this kind of evolutionary path. So if we turn towards you, Trevor, specifically, I mean, you're co-host of a personal finance podcast, you, you must be amazing at it, but do you personally still find room to become more frugal during the holiday season, especially? I mean, we're going to go through your strategies here, but at, a, at an over-level view, what would you, what would you say to, to your level of frugality and its, its evolution? Well, one thing I've observed is as I've grown older, the you, you evolve as a person and your, your life evolves and the people around you start to change and evolve as, as say, you, you went from having no kids to young kids to older kids. And in this evolution, this is why you should always be moving toward a frugal strategy because nothing's static in life. Everything is fluid and moving. So you have to constantly conjure up new strategies and new ideas to move toward a frugal holiday season because life around you is constantly changing. So let's let's move now into talking about these points and as we talk about them, I mean if 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 I'm if I'm a curious listener right now, my main questions are how do I deal with the people around me and and how do I either bring my family into this or or explain my my outlook to my friends and my family. So I, I mean, we're going to keep those questions in the back of our, of our mind because I think that's really at the core of of integrating different strategies into our holiday season. So uh, Trevor, let's, let's start with your first point here. Build traditions, not wow factor. And, and this is particularly if you have young kids, young children. I know when I had young kids, my I wanted to just wow my kids at Christmas. I wanted to just shower them in gifts and and just have them unwrapping gifts from the minute they woke up till noon. You know, that, that was sort of a an extreme version of this this thing I wanted to my kids experience. And what I found was I, I did do that at, at some point when my kids were younger. And what happened was, there was so much excitement in unwrapping the next gift that the gifts themselves lost meaning. And it was just the excitement, again, not happiness, but excitement of opening that next gift. So there was this adrenaline running through all of the, my kids that they couldn't wait to open the next one. 
not appreciate the one they actually got. So that's that was a wow factor strategy or lack of strategy that I I had employed at one point. I'll say over the course of maybe two Christmases, and then I saw the errors of my ways and revised my my approach. But I think, and so my thing is, rather than, you know, go go down to one gift, like extreme, I think you build in traditions. And so here's one of the traditions we brought into opening gifts, is only one gift can be open at any given time. There, There's no, never is there simultaneous gift opening going on. So one person in the family will be handed a gift, and that that person will open their gift, and and I don't mean just unwrap it. They'll open it, and everyone will look at it, and everyone will appreciate it, or ooh and all over it, or ask questions, or want a closer look. And we all kind of in, experience the joy of that person receiving a gift as a group. And and what you've got is you've got this. And I'm not trying to stretch out this 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 event of opening gifts, but you really embrace each gift for for. The person that gave it to you, what they were thinking when they bought it, and 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 and, and you know, it, the person receiving it, how they feel, like it, it is is this, this drawn out extreme moment for each single gift, and it literally takes hours to open a, a, a very few gifts under those circumstances. So, at any given time, and this includes the dog. <laughs> <laughs> if, only it, when the dog was given a gift, nobody else could unwrap. So wrapping paper was only taken off one gift, and the dog was just as exciting to watch as any kid or any adult opening a gift. So that that's a that's an example of a tradition, and how you literally you get exhausted opening gifts under those circumstances. So too many gifts, and it just be it it the process just gets too long. So actually, there, there, that's a tradition where. Too many gifts is counterproductive. So it, that's a way to to introduce some frugality into Christmas in that the gift opening process is is longer and, and I, I'll use we're drawn out kind of sounds negative, but it, that that's something we did. Another th- another tradition is uh, eating breakfast before you open gifts. You know, it kind of builds up that excitement and, and, and people are sort of the anticipation even more. Stockings is another one. It's kind of a... Uh, it, it occupies young children before parents have to get up for gift opening on, on Christmas Day. So I think building in traditions and moving away from wow factors can can really add. And if it's the same tradition, you hold that tradition over a period of time, as, say, kids evolve and grow older, how they interpret or experience that tradition will change with every passing year. At some point, they might not like it. Other maybe they get a little older and they start to really appreciate it. And, and the longer that tradition goes on, the more people seem to adhere to it. So I think traditions over wow factor is a, it's a game changer at, over the holiday season. And I, to add into the part about gift giving, um, before we started recording, you, you brought up how you, that you, there's this kind of a comical aspect to, to opening gifts and distributing uh, gifts to each of your family members and that um, there's never any gift tags you're mentioning on the, on the gifts, but each, uh, each gift is wrapped pretty similar. So that's, and, and, and you, and you were mentioning how you kind of never, never, you kind of, I'm not sure what you were saying it's, it's real or not or memory, but 
um, forget who the gift is for. So kind of that, and again, that there's no cost to, to add in kind of that comical aspect to, to certain, um, to certain aspects of, of the holiday season. So just to shed some light on that. So one of the traditions we have is that there's never any tags on any of the gifts under the tree. So the person who's, who, who is got the gift for somebody who they're giving it to, it's up to them to figure out who it goes to. So it, it it's kind of, like you say, it's kind of a comical thing and a bit of a mystery to make sure everyone gets the right gift. There's only so many varieties of wrapping paper in our house. So a lot of gifts start to look the same and it, Every once in a while, somebody will open the wrong gift. <laughs> it, it happens, but but that's part of the excitement of Christmas, right? Is is the the gift somebody else opening? It, it could end up being yours. But Who again, knows? I think when we when we think of traditions, right there, and I'm sure there's so many more within your household, Trevor, where it, traditions don't have to be a cost costly thing. And I think that's what makes traditions so incredible for the holiday season, especially, is because there doesn't have to be a, a heavy hefty price tag attached to that. I want to go back to the beginning of this point when you were talking about the wow factor. So, I mean, commercialism obviously kind of—I'm—I'm sh- sure has driven that point into your head. But is, is was the people around you? What what else made you believe that there had to be that wow factor for your children? Or was that just you felt was a was a parent uh, obligation? Well, the the thing is, I grew up in a house where my parents tried to produce and often did the wow factor at Christmas. So as a kid, that's what I experienced. I experienced the wow factor. And so then as I had a family, I kind of thought that was normal, right? That's that's how Christmas is. And my wife grew up in a very different environment where there wasn't a wow factor and gifts were sort of purchased and given in a different tone and sense. So she sort of influenced me a bit. I influenced her a bit and, and we, hopefully we landed somewhere in the middle. But as the years have gone on, we've gravitated, gravitated more toward the types of Christmases my wife grew up as, with as a child. So that's kind of how the, the wow factor Christmas started in my family. Before we leave this point too, I, I kind of want to add in the point about traditions needing to be organically created and, and not forced. something that kind of evolves. And I'm sure, Trevor, have you found that that to be true for, for within your household? Well, I, I think a tradition, if it has a purpose or an underlying meaning or message, it's easier to deliver and, and get everybody's buy-in that we should do this going forward and if uh, you know you've you've landed on a really good tradition is if just say this christmas you're you're reflecting back to you remember when and in in an, an event or a story that goes along with with something that happened in the christmas past and, and it was because of the tradition and so I, I remember when whenever we're opening gifts it's we remember when our dog who's passed away when it was her turn to open her gift. Those stories are endless and and we just remember them watching her open her gifts. And, and it's just, you know, you got a solid tradition is if you, if you have stories and you reflect back on the tradition related events. No, I love that. So let's let's move on to your second point here within the list. And the second is a homemade decorations mean the most. So if you think of all the things you can spend money on over the holiday season, 
decorations are outrageously priced. I mean, I mean, they they are they are super expensive. And and I know people that every year they they have a new theme to their Christmas decorations. Wow. So they're they're yeah they're taking they're getting rid of the old ones and they're buying new ones every year, maybe every other year, different color schemes. And it's and if that's your thing, by all means. But for in in our house, the, the most memorable decorations we have are the ones our kids made. They are the ones we covet the most. And we put them away with such care because we don't want anything to happen to those. And as your kids make decorations, as as they grow older, the decorations get more and more elaborate, but we still hold on to the ones that from the very beginning. And it, I just cherish those decorations more than any decoration because uh, there's a meaning behind it, right? It's not just, it looks pretty, right? There's There's a story behind it. And Every time we get the decoration out, we will we'll talk about, you know, how it was made. And, you know, I'll pump my kids to say, you know, tell me about this again. And, and, and it's just, it makes decorating, it takes, there's a whole other dimension to decorating at Christmas because there's a story to go along with so many of the decorations that, that, that your kids made. And, or if we got a decoration from a, a, a relative who maybe has passed away, now you have this decoration, you hang it on your tree still every year and, and you, you have a memory, you think about that person and, and the Christmases you spent with them. So I, I think homemade decorations are, are just, to me, they're, they're the most special. And, and if I, I just, if anything ever happened to those, I'd, I'd be heartbroken. So that, that's a downside, I guess, is they're, they're irreplaceable. But our tree in, in our house is just, when we decorate it, it's, there, there is probably fifty percent of our decorations are homemade. To extend off that, um, there's a tradition uh, with my with my boyfriend's family that with or the tree within our home that every year uh, each family member brings uh, one ornament that 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 represents himself to add it to the tree and his his, his family is is made up of really really close friends of his as well and it's is is this beautiful beautiful tradition where slowly over time the tree is going to be filled with ornaments that each have so much meaning and it's a very frugal approach because it, like you said Trevor ornaments are expensive but I mean when you're when you're putting ten dollars or or five dollars into an ornament every year and bringing one it really creates this this incredibly incredibly infused tree full of full of life and 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 and, and really it's this just memorable collection of, of of moments from each year no that that sounds like a fabulous tradition and, and to your point that you know most people if you're going out to buy decorations you're 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 selecting them based on their cosmetic beauty right that there's some stunning decorations out there and in my house if the the more rudimentary the decoration, the more it was just barely made by a, a somebody who could barely handle scissors, <laughs> or, or or couldn't stay in the lines with the with a crayon or whatever. Those decorations are are anything but cosmetically beautiful. But the meaning behind them is so deep that that I, I the the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, I guess. So I think to wrap up this point, um. I would say the emphasis on on homemade is just that we flip we flip through the catalogs of uh, holiday magazines and and ho- ho- holiday catalogs and we see a picture perfect, beautifully decorated home and I think the emphasis should be a, rather than um, perfection but more just moments and memories captured. 
So Trevor, let's let's hit on your third frugal holiday point. And number three is books make great gifts. And so a book is, obviously you'd have to buy it. So, I mean, at the very high end, uh, 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 bestseller fiction book might be $35, but you can get paperbacks for, for a lot less. But a book is a well-thought-out gift. So every most everyone can read. So it's a gift that anyone can use. And if you give somebody a book, say it's even an, a fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter, you have to really know or care about a person to give them a book, in my mind. You you have to know they're going to get value out of this gift. And and when someone gets a book, it's not something they're going to just use in passing. They Hopefully, just say it's a nonfiction book, they're going to get a lot of information out of it that, that's going to help them for, for forever, maybe. But it's something they can read. It, it, it might take you, you know, two months, three months to read a, a really large book. So it's a gift that keeps on giving for a long period of time. And then when you're done with it, you could re-gift it. So I think a book makes a, a, a really good gift. And I think it's something I, I know as a reader, I would cherish a book. It, it just, it says, because you have to pick the topic, it says you really know the person you're giving it to. And and to extend all this point, I'm not sure if this is a little backwards, but I know I've been gifted a book that was one the person who gave it to me one of their absolute favorite books. And I, I know this kind of sounds a little backwards, but for me, it meant so much that that individual was sharing uh, uh, like in, in your reading preferences can be something kind of intimate. It was this, it might, was my, uh, one of my best friend's favorite books. And it was just kind of being able to step into what made, what made her tick and what she was passionate about and being able to kind of take part in that and share that and be able to appreciate what she appreciates. So I found this, well, it, was, it kind of sounds a little backwards. It was, it was so thoughtful. And if you think about that, now you can connect with that friend on a whole other level. You now ha- you had something in common before. Now you have even more things in common. No, exactly, exactly. So it could it could actually deepen a friendship or deepen a relationship by you sharing joy in the same piece of literature. Oh, definitely. And I, I, Trevor, I'm not sure the next thought is going to be digressing too much, but use the phrase the keep the gift that keeps on giving. And while you brought that up, it made me think of the the po- uh, polar opposite phrase: the gift that keeps on taking. Um, this, I, f- I mean, and I, I like that you, uh, that you brought up books because there are a lot of gifts that kind of do keep on taking. Um, and I'm going to throw, I know I'm digressing here, but one example of, of this, and I think it may be a void is, oh, um, it was a Keurig that in my opinion is a gift that keeps on taking. If you were to gift that just because, um, of all the free fill cups. So I, I love the idea that it, a gift that keeps on giving. A Keurig is again. It's I don't want to offend anybody, but that if if you don't have a Keurig in your life, and then all of a sudden you do, you're all of a sudden you're committed to buying these Keurig pods for your machine. It is it truly is a gift that keeps on. And I, I'm yeah, by no means I'm putting down Keurigs at all, but I mean. And if you buy it for yourself, I think that's a completely different story. You're making kind of the conscious effort to bring a Keurig into your life, plus the added expenses of Keurig cups. But if you gift that, you are kind of you're almost obliging the other person to to get on board with that the the pod repurchasing mentality. 
So here's a gift. You thought coffee was expensive. <laughs> now it's going to get real expensive. Yes. All right. So my digress, digress, uh, digressing there. Let's move on to your fourth point, Trevor. And the fourth way to bring frugality into the holiday season is presence is the best present. And this is, I think, if you can focus on just getting together with family and friends over the holiday season, if, if, if you can make that important, and the reason there's so much focus over the holiday season is uh, unless a lot of people tend to at least get that one day off uh, that everyone, not everyone, but most everyone gets that one day off a year. So that's the chance to get together with people who maybe you have conflicting work schedules with and you never do connect. It's that one time your people get together and people make the effort as a rule. And so I, I try to make a point of seeing I like to, I'm not good at this, but here's something I'm trying to do. So this is me introducing something into my Christmas is I'm trying to see one different person over the holiday season every year. I'm somebody who I I normally wouldn't see. So I want to, you've got your immediate family you want to see. Then you've got that one friend or that one distant relative that you haven't seen in in maybe a couple of years and you want to make an effort to somehow connect with that person. So that's that's something I'm trying to do, and it, it as my kids are getting older, that strategy is getting easier. So there, there's less sort of demands being put on me over the season. So that that's something I'm working on. And again, your your presence is a present in itself. So just getting together, I, I think, is important. And just another one is, if you, if you know somebody who's going to be alone on Christmas Day, if if you know somebody that you could you, bring. Bring them in as part of your celebration. Don't, if, if you can, and in any way, they will be grateful beyond your you'll ever know. The, I, both points, absolutely phenomenal. And I, I just... And, and, and this, this doesn't have to really cost, right? You know, this isn't... Uh, you may... Okay, if you have to travel great distances and rent hotel rooms, okay, it starts to cost money. But, you know, th- this could just be you driving somewhere. So this this one doesn't necessarily, you don't have to show up bearing gifts, right? You're just showing up to spend time with somebody. And and, and to your first point about, which I absolutely love, making making time for a different individual um, as a goal every, every holiday season, is this something that, do you use the holiday season, I guess, as a kind of a, a lever to kind of push you in that direction to then... Um, spend more time with that individual is that kind of your is is that a kind of your in your mind this perfect opportunity well i know i have more time off this time of year just my my work where i work they they shut down for m- the most part of that week and i, I know a lot of people uh, friends of mine it's the same situation where they're not working or they work less over that period of time so people are just more available and they have more flexibility in their schedule no, that's it's it's very true, and it's I absolutely love uh, the way you re- you incorporate those two points of of how to be present. We're gonna move on to your next point for how to incorporate frugality into the holiday season, and your next point here on our list is at least one gift has to be handmade or second hand. Yeah, so this is one where I, I actually did this when I as a as a kid. My my parents put together this Christmas plan. So their the Christmas it was called a, a handmade Christmas, and 
the nobody could buy a gift. And so we each drew a name out of a hat and that's the person you had to make a gift for. And you couldn't, you, you could buy the supplies, but you had to make the gift. So I ended up, my gift I made was for my father. I made a clock. And so my brother, he's somewhat artistic. He made me a, a, a painting. It, it, it's there. The, the thing of that Christmas is there was a story to go along with each of the things we made. And we got to tell our story as we gave the gift. And they tended to be fairly funny stories because each one of us had struggles. You know, we started things and it went horribly the wrong. Projects, we started, or, or we, you know, we were up in the middle of the night working on it because we started too late. <laughs> so there was, and we still talk about those stories, about those gifts to this day. We only did it for one Christmas, but there's some really good stories that go along with, with that. And so I'm saying, just say you're giving um, multiple gifts in your family. They make it so one of the gifts you give and you can come up with that assistant you want has to be handmade. And I throw in secondhand in that just some people aren't comfortable making things or they, they t- tend to say they, they lack the skills, but what an opportunity to develop them, right? So if you, if you never worked with crafts before, but now you're, you're tasked with making a gift, this is a great way to maybe develop a new hobby that you never knew, never knew you were interested in by making a gift. Like just say knitting. You never knit it before. Oh, well, now you got to knit a scarf. Right? <laughs> or a sweater. <laughs> or a sweater. Or <laughs> but it, it's in the thing that I think would go with this is there would be a story with every gift, you know, and there, there's going to be challenges, right? You know, I, I, you know, or it, it could be sad stories. It could be comical stories. But I think in in that tradition, you you would end up with uh, more depth there than you think. I, this this idea, I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal, and it can go. It really can evolve into into something that it becomes a tradition. It's 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 a way to kind of put more more. Th- and and that's the one thing I I do want to point. I do kind of want to make note of for the holiday season. There's this kind of automation project automation process that I feel that happens. I mean. It, the gift giving season comes around. It's like go to the store, and you're just trying to get through that 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 shopping list of 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 for for each each person on your list, and it's just you kind of you panic and try to get it over with fast, because the malls are crazy, and this kind of takes away the, the the pressure and makes everything a little bit more meaningful. Well, you know the the best gift you can ever give somebody is something they wouldn't buy themselves, and that's a theory of mine. Is 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 buy something either they wouldn't buy themselves or they couldn't buy themselves so i mean if you're if you have great financial means you could buy somebody a gift they couldn't afford to buy themselves if if you're buying something and you don't have great financial means but you you know somebody you know might might not buy themselves a um uh, something fancy or something a decorative figurine people typically wouldn't buy themselves but they maybe they collect them just so a handmade gift you can make something for somebody who they something they wouldn't have went out and got themselves so let's move on to your the sixth point and number six is gifts flow downward in generations and so this is something my family does practice and my parents did and and i i'm i plan to continue it with my direct family and the theory is this is this is the way it worked in my family the minute you have a child you no longer receive a gift. So you, you, you will receive a gift from the generations above you. You could, might receive multiple gifts from 
parents, grandparents, great grandparents. But the minute you have a child of your own, you no longer those gifts now they bypass you and they flow to your children. And this is this is a way to again a lot of times you're an older person, you sort of have everything you need. You kind of you kind of fulfilled all your life wants. And so the the younger people trying to buy for a grandparent, well, that that's, can be almost seem like an impossible task. So because they have everything and, and you might be buying things they don't even want or need. And so that that's the theory. That's why we, we, we my parents introduced that is is we were buying just another tie for somebody who had a closet full of ties, right? And, and it just didn't make sense. Like nobody was getting anything out of that. The, the, the young person didn't have the money and they were shopping for something that they knew this person didn't need or want, but they were had to, is it an obligatory gift, right? That's what you want to get away from. So gift giving only flows downward in generations. And so the, the, the cutoff point is the minute you have a child, you, you are cut off from receiving a gift it flows to your children. And that, that that system has worked flawlessly in my family. It's reduced immense amounts of stress of, of what what you get this person. I don't know what they need. I don't know what they want. And it, I, th- I I love it myself. It just, it, it removes a, a whole bunch of stress and a whole bunch of unnecessary spending out of the holiday season. No, I, I, I love it as well. It's, it's, it's genius. It really is. So let's move on to the seven of 10, 10th points. And number seven is plan for at least one outdoor activity. So Trevor, I mean, living in Canada, it's, it's cold. How do you, how do you motivate you and your family to, to, to want to engage in, uh, in point number seven? So this is a, a Christmas Eve or Christmas day event in my, in my family and the colder, the better. So <laughs> do, your, do your kids so feel we, the same way? We all have to endure it, right? And what it does is it creates memories and stories. Do you remember when it was so cold, you know, finish that story, right? Or do you remember the one year it was so hot? We So here's our thing is we go skating. So we have a thing in our town. It's it, They call it the frink. So in the summer, it's a fountain. And in the winter, it's a rink. So frink with an F. Frink. frink. It's not a real word, but that's what they call it. And so... It's an outdoor rink and we go skating down there either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And we've skated in the rain, <laughs> really warm, muggy, sort of foggy, rainy day. And we have skated in some very cold temperatures. And they, it's, it's, you know, it's an event. We start getting our clothes on in the house and <laughs> just to walk you through. So some people are faster getting their winter clothes on than others and before you know it, there's, you know, five people standing at the door sweating <laughs> in, in in six layers of clothes and one other person who's sort of doesn't see the urgency and they're running around trying to find this lost mitten and we're, everyone's just standing there just sweating buckets because they got so much clothes on. So that's, that's an example of how, you know, those are memories I, I recall. And, and so some people, we, we, you know, we'd get smart and we start to, you know, get our warm clothes on slower and then it would become a contest to see who could get their stuff on the slowest. <laughs> and, and so there's a lot of comedy in it, but we'd have a lot of fun. And, and of course, you'd come back and that event would lead to, you know, to drinking a hot beverage when you got back home and sitting by the fireplace and warming up. And it's just an event. And it, it just, it's a tradition. We, we do it, you know, hot, cold, rain, snow. 
it's just something that has to get done. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we treat it like a job until we're done. And then we really, we're really glad we did it. And I, I love this point because I, I, I say this, I, I, I've said this, uh, it to, to actually my brother, we were, we were out, uh, at the, um, watching a light show outside and it, we were saying, I was saying to him, I, I mean, it's crazy where we, it's, it's freezing cold outside. I can't feel my toes or my fingers, but yet we are standing up among maybe a 500, a thousand people all enjoying the same thing. And I think, I don't know if that's insanity or, or what the definition of that is, but it's something that I, I, I really love about uh, living in Canada and all our other Canadian listeners, I'm, I'm sure can attest to that is that there are so many beautiful and wonderful outdoor activities that happen, whether it's a light show or whether it's um, walking. I mean, every kind of, I feel like there's uh, light outdoor lights just in, in, in city parks and town parks. And that's that even things like that make for such incredible me- uh, memories and winter markets. And I, I think if, if you look around, you can, you can find, uh, find things to do. Which leads into the next point so perfectly. And the next point is enjoy free local holiday or Christmas event? Yeah, so we have a thing in my town. It's it's the tree lighting ceremony where there's this gigantic Christmas tree that's strung with lights and everybody walks down from uh, town hall to the Christmas tree with a candle and they light the tree, not with (laughs) candles. But (laughs) but it's a parade of candles. (laughs) What kind of (laughs) town do you uh, live in there, Trevor? But um, So that's an event. And of course... The Santa Claus Parade, kind of every town has one of those. That's a Christmas event. But these are things that get you in the spirit, and they don't cost anything, and they they tend to be a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, you're standing around in the cold with 500 other people, and you kind of put some sanity around doing it. And so uh, our library also has a lot of Christmas events going on that we, we've gone to. And I, I don't know. I, I think there's a, it, it, it's something you can do outside of your family, maybe interact with other people in your community and, and enjoy the season. But again, this doesn't co- cost you, you know, going back to my last thing is we, we skate on an outdoor rink. Does, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. These, these, out, these Christmas events in your town, there's a lot of free things. It doesn't cost anything. And you make it part of your tradition. And it's, it's something you're doing. You're filling up that, vac- you know, that holiday season with things that don't cost money. And I'm, even if it's I, at the same time, even if it's not uh, directly holiday or Christmas related, I think it, Christmas or the holiday season is definitely a fantastic time for traditions as well. So I, I think these two points go really nicely together in in, in the fact of making activities and, and, and events a part of, of the holiday season annually. So Trevor, your, the ninth point on your on your list of 10 items is gather around the radio for Christmas stories. So I, I kind of want to hear about this point because I mean, I, I usually it's gather around the TV to watch a movie. So, so uh, tell, tell us about this one. So that's that like you say, that's a typical thing is people gather around and, and watch something on, on the screen and, and that, that's their Christmas thing. And we do that too. But I, I like, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you really enjoy audio entertainment. And there is, uh, on Christmas Eve, there is countless stations that play um, s- various Christmas stories. Um, you can there's podcasts, tons of podcasts with Christmas stories. You can you can download and, and play on your stereo. 
And it, it would kind of harken back to old times where before the TV, families would gather around the radio and, and listen to audio entertainment. So there's, there's, if you go into iTunes or Apple Podcasts and you search out Christmas in the podcast directory, you'll, you'll find a, a ton of things. There's one thing I always enjoy listening to, and this is, so this is a tradition I'm going to start with my family this year. And if anyone's ever heard of it, it's, it's a CBC radio show. It was called The Vinyl Cafe. And Stuart McLean, he was the one who sort of was did The Vinyl Cafe. He's since passed away. But he has a Christmas CD. They're just 20 or 30-minute little story clips that you could listen to. The whole family, they're, they're comedy skits. And I don't know, it's something I'm going to try doing now going forward. I think my when kids are younger, it's it's pretty hard to get them to focus on something like that. They tend to do better with the, the Christmas cartoons on, on your TV. But um, my family's getting older, and, I, and I'm going to start to introduce that this Christmas. I'm going to see how it goes over. It might not fly, but it, it's an idea. And again, cost nothing. And your final point on how to maintain and, and live a frugal holiday season is make helping somebody less fortunate part of your celebration. And so, you know, if everyone's the common thing is, is you're, it's more, you get more from giving than receiving. So go out of your way to help somebody less fortunate. And this is harder than it sounds. So if you think of somebody less fortunate, so I'll use the word poverty. Poverty is not, is not a, a lack of money. It's a lack of opportunity. And so if you're looking to help somebody, look for somebody who has, has a lack of opportunity in life, a lack of opportunity in your community, and, and help that person. And I, we have a self, Salvation Army in our town, and they do a, a Christmas dinner. I know our, our high schools, they do Christmas dinners where and the students volunteer and serve people in the community who really can't afford a Christmas meal. It, so there's things you can do in your community, and you don't have to look too far to find them, but... You you participate in one of those and you just feel good about yourself and you feel good about your community. You you it it brings people together that that would have n- not normally been together. So I I think this one is probably if you can get your whole family involved in this. Not only does it not cost you money, it actually helps people who don't have any money. No, it's 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 definitely a, such a rewarding uh, way to 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 take part in the holidays. So Trevor, those are your 10 uh, tips or, or, or ways to, to have a frugal holiday season. And, and in saying those 10 things, I, I'm going to go back to my two points I wanted to, to, to kind of circle back to when, before we began this list. Um, and, and that is around family or kids um, and, and the people in your life, um, whether that be coworkers or, or people who may may have an opinion or, or questions about about the traditions you maintain so if, if, if we look at it, kind of the Christmas that season that you maintain do is there is there kind of any questions from your coworkers, or is there any is there even that level of um visibility around kind of how you celebrate Christmas or is it talked about or or how do you kind of support the fact that your your holiday season maybe look, look different than your coworkers? Well, people will press, you know, what's your Christmas plans or what are you getting your kids for Christmas? And I tend to just answer that question with very vague response, right? You know, I, um, you know, I've got a few things on my list. 
or, you know, just very, nothing specific. And, and people tend to not push me for any details. I, I think there's people that I, 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 friends of mine that, that see Christmas the same way I do. And when they ask, I, I will share details with them and, and they'll share their details with me. And the people that view the holiday season differently than I do, I, I just tend to be polite but very vague about my plans. And uh, I, I asked that question just because, I mean, the holiday season is, is kind of a time that um, families will go away for the season and, and maybe at times when, when giving is, is, is very uh, abundant. So have you ever, I don't want to say questioned your parenting, but is there any, any moments where, and I guess this extends to kind of the way you've raised your kids in general, but is there any moment where you maybe questioned the way, cause I, I'm sure that's a parent, uh, a question all, a lot of parents listening to this may wonder, is there, is there ever a time that you kind of questioned the, the, the frugal tendencies that you're, uh, you were celebrating during the holiday season? Well, no, but I, I do look back and regret some of the, the, the overabundant gift giving I did when my kids were younger, looking back that they were just as happy in the, the Christmases where we didn't do that. So I, I look back and question my actions, actually just the opposite. When I was, when I was not being frugal, when I was overzealous with the gift buying and, and Christmas wasn't any more enjoyable. So, uh, Trevor, I think that brings us to the end of this episode today on 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 maintaining a frugal Christmas and 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 really enjoying the holiday season. Um, we'll we'll have all these ten points in the show notes to refer back to, and if there's anything you'd like to add in that you feel really contribute to a frugal holiday season, definitely uh, share them with us. We'd love to add them to this list. Um, Trevor, before we end the show, do you have any final thoughts or, or takeaways for our uh, holiday episode? Yeah, I would say if you are, if your Christmas looks like a volcano of gifts and, and it is just overabundance and, and overdone and you want to move to be, have a more frugal holiday season, I would say focus on crowding out ex- excessive things with tradition. And I, I think you'll be better for the experience and, and you'll just, you will cherish that time more and more. And on that note, thank you so much for being here with us for our holiday episode. This will be the last episode for the 2018 year. We'll be back in the new year with a, uh, a with more episodes released every Tuesday. Um, we're wishing you an incredible holiday season. Thank you so much for being here with us for 2018, and we will uh, will be will be back with another episode. Until 2019, keep it simple. <laughs>